Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, Colonial Church. It's John and Helen Burns, and we're here in our kitchen at the ocean in White Rock, British Columbia, Canada. We're far away from you in distance, but I hope you feel that we're close in heart. We adore you, we love you, and uh, we're glad we get to come to you this way today. We are family. We were supposed to be with you in March, but because of all this, um, this is the best we can do. Can't wait till we actually get back to be with you. We love Maddie and Jill and the whole family, all of you. We really do. And so what we want to do is kind of come into your living room, wherever you are, and just hang out and share a little bit that hopefully will inspire you. We've had a lot of conversations with people all over the place about relationships during this season. Okay, how do you do it? And one of the examples that I, I think really does kind of give us um, some insight is it's kind of like a pressure cooker mm-hmm. where sometimes we're we're under isolation and there's many of us and we're close quarters and how do you do this thing and like a pressure cooker whatever you put into it it just speeds up the cooking it's an accelerator it is and so in a relationship if you got cracks in that relationship they just show up a lot faster and maybe bigger but if you have good things, they show up a lot faster and get even a lot better. So as we look at relationships and we look at this season we're in, I hope you come out of this inspired. Mm-hmm. So we want to talk about hope, actually building hope in relationships. And um, not only are we here, obviously, in isolation, and I think we're much more isolated still in this part of Canada than you're experiencing in your part of the world. So it feels like we haven't even had a family dinner since January. How is that possible? And yes, that is our case. But it's not just the COVID situation. There is a time of great racial heartbreak and, and brokenness. There's a lot to learn, and there's a lot that is being manifest in our hearts right now. And I think rather than just feel like afraid of what's happening, let's embrace these opportunities to learn and to grow. And so we're gonna just share some key thoughts we have that I think have helped frame what's happening in our lives and let it encourage you. And to have a look, it's a little bit of a checklist, maybe how are you doing in this area? So let I wanna start with a scripture that actually was shared at our wedding, 40, Six years ago. Um, I don't even know how we got this old this fast, but here we are, uh, 46 years later. And when it was read at our wedding, it sounded so beautiful, almost ethereal, such a promise. And it is a promise indeed. So reading it is easy. Living it out is challenging because after four years of marriage, wow, we were not doing any of it in here. At least I wasn't. I'll just take the blame myself. But here it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, starting at verse 4 from the Passion Translation, which I absolutely love. It says, love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements or inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect. Ouch, hallelujah. 
Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Oh, it's not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Yeah. Love. <laughs> That's major. <laughs> That's really not major. Not easily irritated and quick to take offense, especially in the season we're in. There's it's so many things a lot going on. Of, well, a lot of things are manifesting, and this is a good time to say, what is going on with me? Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter. Wow. For it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat. For it never gives up. Love never stops loving. So, love. And building this hope into our world. How do we do that? Well, we got some points that hopefully will help you. But number one, it all starts with building your foundation on the Word of God. Absolutely, gotta start with the Word of God because the Word of God was in the beginning. <laughs> Actually, God so loved you, He sent His Word. We, we know John 3.16 says, God so loved the world that He sent His Son, Jesus. But in John 1.1, 1, 1, it says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, the Word was God. All things were made by the Word and in verse 14, the Word dwelt among us. And I love the message. It, he moved into our neighborhood. Jesus moved Jesus. into the neighborhood. Really, and so important to understand that the Word of God is given to us so that we can get to know Him. It's a relationship with God. We don't we don't do for you know we do all the right do's and not the wrong goes, and we're going to be a good Christian. No, a good Christian is one that knows God to the place where you want to live your life the way he does it it puts this motivation this love factor in our heart yeah. but it starts with the word of god it's your anchor there's nothing else that you can build a sure foundation on and uh you know right now we live in a world of opinions even <laughs> there's no end of polls and stats and they may all be well and true but i'm going to tell you one thing don't build your life according to all of that. Build your life on the Word of God. It doesn't matter what the statistics say if it doesn't line up with God's Word. I mean, we were a statistic headed for a divorce, but God. Absolutely. So if we go back to the first four years of our marriage, it wasn't very good. And, and we got to the place where she didn't really want to hang out with me or be married anymore. And... It was the Word of God that saved our marriage. Absolutely. And she got to the place where one day she says, God, I know you love John. I don't know why. Because <laughs> there's nothing he, she could see lovable in me. She said, could you show me why you love him? And she, she, she began to search in the Word of God. And God's Word has God's vision. Hence, God's purpose. Mm -hmm. it, it reveals to us what God sees. And she began to see in me something lovable. And I got her old Bible. And really, if, if you look through it, you find all of these places where it's circled and in the margin it says John. And she would find verses about a man of God, a husband or a father. And she'd begin to thank God for me. Instead of complaining about what is, thank God for what is going to be. And it began to change everything. And I really believe the Word of God is the foundation that we need to build our life on. And in this season, okay, how much of God's Word compared to how much of all of the other words? Right. So we listen to all of the negative that's going on. What's, what's winning up? Because yeah. you can either 
um, feed your faith and starve your doubts, or you can feed your doubts and starve your faith. You need to decide what volume to turn up. And I've realized, in especially with so much media impact, whether it's social media or if it's you know just the television, turn the volume down on what is is robbing you of hope for your future when it comes to all things relationally or your job or you know even for us as a church we don't know when we're going to be able to open again it looks like it could even be up to a year from now but that's what the church is literally not closed um the building is but the church is flourishing and so you have to see it according to god's promise and so our second thought today is choose to find your fulfillment and your happiness in god anchor every hope you have every dream you have to him not a person if i go back to that broken time of our marriage it is because I had put so much hope in you that you would meet all of my needs that you would just be the perfect husband 24 7 that basically you were you know walk on water and you weren't human I just wanted I had this vision of what I thought it should be and then when he disappointed me I constantly just fell apart I just thought something is terrible our marriage is failing and so what I learned during that season of falling in love with the Word of God as John just explained what happened first long before I circled all of these scriptures for John or for my children I found what God said about me a woman of God and it was confrontational it was hard to hear sometimes because I would have been happy to blame all of my unhappiness on John or something else but God really pointed the finger at my own heart and said let me go to work for you on you and so what I did was stop putting all of my expectation on a human to meet my need when the only one who truly could ever be fulfilling for my life was God and when I began to daily drink at his well and feed myself on the sustenance of the Word of God I began to change um, judgment began to come out disappointment began to come out you know anger and bitterness and unforgiveness was was coming out of my heart so I was able to begin to build in a healthy manner John didn't have a hope of meeting my needs no human can do that but God can and from my point of view all I felt was pressure and pressure to be what I'm not so I always felt like I'm not measuring up I'm, I'm doing all wrong you know and that no one can ever measure up to that. There's only one person, yeah. and that is God. So we need to go to him first and recognize he's got the answer. Number three is speak words that frame the future you want. Yeah. So important. So many of us, we spend all of our words talking about what we have right. and what we don't want. And and it's, it's I think it's just human nature. We're always, you know how if you sit and listen to people, you, you can hear really fast all the negative things. Why is it so much easier to say the negative things than to speak the, the, the life you want? And I think if we keep saying what's always been said, nothing changes. If we keep doing what's always been done, nothing changes. In other words, if you just keep on doing what you've always done, what everybody expects you to do, I think you become invisible. And it's the same with your words. If your words are always what you've always said, what everybody expects you to say, you become invisible. But we get the opportunity. We are, we're given this privilege by God to change our world. It says your life and death are in the power of your tongue. Let's use that power so much in, in this time that we have right now 
to speak things that need to be said, speak things that haven't been said, many hurts and many, many pains because of years of what hasn't been said. Well, let's change it. Let's start saying something that can really make a difference in the world. And with that, I think often we think it's it's like the big, you know, macro bing. Whereas, what about the moment, the small, the the miracle that, as you always say, a miracle happens in a moment. That God pours um, miracles into a moment if we'll just capture it. And I think you're such yeah. a great example of that. I think to understand that every moment is pregnant with opportunity to change the world. So how do you change the world? Here's my simple little definition. You grab a moment and pour your heart into it. What do you mean? Grab a moment means grab an opportunity and they're all around us all day Always. long. Wake up every day looking at expecting and thanking God for the opportunities that are gonna come. And when you see that opportunity, pour your heart into it. What do you mean? Do something, say something that needs to be said that maybe isn't easy or isn't normal. Isn't what you always said. Just an example, I don't know if I've told you the story, but I have a brother that passed away in 2008 and uh, he was in the hospital. They found him in the middle of the night. His heart had stopped, but they didn't know how long, so they didn't know if his brain had made it. And we found out, and all I could think about was one more moment. If I could just have one more moment. And we got to the funeral, and I wasn't supposed to say anything at, at the funeral, which I couldn't. I just couldn't deal with that. So when the, the priest got up and said, at this time, I'd like to invite Joe's two sisters to come and share the eulogy, I just got up with him. <laughs> Freaked me right out. <laughs> you just don't do that. Really? You weren't on the agenda. <laughs> no. And, and it was the, it was one of those huge, huge funerals that was, was packed. He was, he was a hero, one of the little league coaches that actually took his team to the World Series two years in a row. And, and anyway, so I followed my sisters. And when they finished and stepped down from the pulpit, I stepped up. And I said, when I heard that Joe's heart stopped, all I could think about is one more moment. God, if I could have one more moment, what would I say? Oh, that's a really easy question to answer. If I, if I had one more moment, I would have said, Joe, I love you. I don't think I'd ever said that. And Joe, more importantly, I, I, I would have personally given him the gospel. And I know he's heard me preach, but personally, like never before. Um, and, and then I thought, if Joe had one more moment, what would he say? And I talked to his wife and said some things. And, and of course, I'm a mess as I'm talking. And everyone, everyone else has <laughs> been there. Talked to his three sons, three teenage sons, which I'm sure they've never heard the thing, I love you or I'm proud of you, because we just don't talk that way. And, and after I finished that, I said, but the fact is, with Joe, I don't have one more moment. But I wonder how many Joes you have in your world. Why wait? And it became this theme, one more moment. Our family would get together and, and you know, we'd actually get off to the side and say, I, I would like to, I'd like to take one more moment and just say what I haven't said. And I just think if we would take every day and recognize, and in this season of pressure cooker, what an opportunity to, to pressure cook the miracles that could come out of us speaking words that actually frame what we want into our future. A story never gets old. Gets me every single time. Yeah. It's tough for me to actually say it. But the I'm... fruit of it is still living on 12 years later. He died on August 19th, I think. And it'll be uh, 12 years. 
but the life and the fruit of that still lives on today because you did take a moment. Number four is simply live in the land of awe or live in awe as John likes to say. Um, you know, you can have a choice. You can either feel very bored or feel very um, disinterested or you can look for the wonder in every single person. I love that word wonder. Do you know that 32 times in the Bible, God is known of the, one, of the God of signs and wonders. wonders. <laughs> signs are easy to figure out because he's, he's actually telling people who he is, pointing to his omnipotence and everything. But wonders? I mean, wonders is a sense of awe, a sense of I never can figure that out. It's beyond explanation. And I think we need to live there. People often ask, how do you stay in love for a lifetime? And two words, stay amazed. Simple, stay amazed. See, first time you began to discover who this person was, you found some treasure and you went, ah, don't ever stop. I think the problem is many people stop treasure hunting. Mm -hmm. They think they know and they stop looking for that treasure and they stop living in awe. Mm -hmm. I think Dorothy, you know, she... Me from the land of Oz. Right, she talks about living in the land of Oz, but I think it's wrong, it's the land of awe. We need to really want to live in the land of awe. And there's no place that is more precious. I love watching nature. Nature inspires me. Nature um, makes me emotional. It's beautiful. But there is nothing more beautiful than the creation God made when he made humans, each one of us, so beautiful. Number five, if you wanna live with a sense of hope, work hard at guarding and protecting each other's hearts. I think this is one of the most important parts of being a parent of being a spouse, of being a friend, of building a church, that we are committed to guard and protect one another's hearts. And I know that hurt people hurt people, but healed and healthy people can be a part of bringing health and wholeness to another person's heart as well. Um, and, and just not, I well, just right now, I think with the heartbreaking racial well, heartbreaking racial tension, bias, brokenness, and, and we have it here. With, in, and in, in maybe some, it's revealed in some different ways. But man, I'm challenging my heart to listen, to learn, to open up. And yes, live in awe and wonder. But then also be someone that engages someone else's heart and to be willing to protect it rather than expose it or judge it or think you know. This is a time, I think to learn and to listen like we never have before. Because what we're doing when we do that is actually speaking life and protection over another's heart. I know even in marriage, so often I've, 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 I've accused Joan of something, but I haven't really known what's going on in his heart. I've judged it, I've assumed something. And assumption is the lowest level of understanding. How can I protect something? that I don't even know. And so let's learn to know one another's hearts, to really come in alignment with one another. And as we do, it protects each other. And I believe there's a lot of work to be done in this regard right now. And in our marriages, in our families, because we're pretty tender right now, very tender. And rather than be, um, well, I'm this way because, 
why don't we go to work there and then bring that health into the relationships and operate in a way that we become like a safe harbor for one another. A safe harbor is so important in the season we're in. We need to um, have people that are safe so that we can just open up and it's almost yeah. like brainstorm. You know, just just talk. Just get get out what's what what's in there, and, and you know that sometimes is needed in order for us to put it in order, make sense out of it. And and right now, there's a lot of of pain, and a lot of it is mental, mental stress. And people have asked questions like, so what do we do to to um, you know guard against depression and different things in our in our world that are are up here and I think one of the things that's so important is that we have safe harbors or safe people that we can actually let go and share what's on the inside and the things we need to share are sometimes not so nice the things that yeah. that we've pushed down we've tried to hide but you can't push them down far enough you can't hide them enough they will come up and when the cracks come mm -hmm. up it doesn't look nice but this is a season where we need to learn to build those relationships that are safe, where we're not going to judge each other by what is said, but instead just just be that 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 loving, listening ear. You know, I think of in our relationship, you know, there have been not that many times in the last number of years, but there have been times where I'm struggling. I am like, I, I'm ready to explode. I'm Mount St. Helens and I'm I'm angry. I'm Ah, I just want to blow no, up. No, how is it me? No, 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 no. But there's something going on that feels so, like, I don't know what to do with this. And I have said to John sometimes, can I just unload? Can I just, blah. And he's a safe place, and I, and I don't do it often, but when I need to, I mean, not that long ago, I needed to have that kind of a conversation with you, and I just poured it out. And then you... You challenged, you listened, and you challenged me. You just didn't leave it there. You challenged me, and I needed to get confronted in something. But I think of that scripture that talks about faithful are the wounds of a friend more than the kisses of an enemy. You're a friend. And so you will tell me what I need to know. It may be confrontational. It may not be easy, but I, I feel safe enough to tell you about it. And you feel safe enough to challenge me. And that's what healthy relationships, if we're always walking on eggshells, nothing ever happens that, that deepens the level of relationship. And I think probably one of the areas that has strengthened our relationship more than anything else is that we're safe with one another, we can have the hard conversations, and when it's all said and done, we like each other and understand each other more. Right, and just, just recognizing in this season, opportunity. Opportunity yeah. to sit down and really do have the deep talks. The talks that maybe you think you didn't have time for before, but you got time. Um, yeah. All the distractions are taken away, and you know, many <laughs> things that we used to blame you know, our situation on are not there anymore. And now we can actually sit down and learn to have these conversations. And so number six is ask for help. Mm. Ask for help. And these really go hand in hand. I think for me, um, asking for help is never a sign of weakness. Like I know right now the mental health struggle for so many is real. And I think often we feel as a believer, I shouldn't be struggling in this. Um, or maybe you're struggling because of financial stress and you're like, I don't know that we can pay the bills because of what's happening. Um, but rather than just pretend it's not happening, why don't we ask for help? 
I think when it comes to marriage, when people come to us and say, we're really ashamed we're walking through this right now, but can we talk to you? I think we need some help. I never look at them and think, you are so weak. I think, wow, what a sign of strength that you're willing to ask for help. If you're struggling with mental health or with your finances or in any regard, family, whatever, just ask for help. It actually proves that you want to grow and you want to change. So never deem it as a that it's something inferior about you. It's actually something that makes you a really amazing human being. I always think help, four-letter word, is an absolute miracle word in every relationship. Why? Because when you say help, you always are pointing at yourself. And I think the biggest problem in relationships is this. Your pointed finger at others. That always scares me when you do that. But, but you know what I'm talking about. It's I like, do. you do this, you do this, you did that. You, and, and, yeah. and when you judge and point your finger at someone else, they put a wall up. But you can't do that when you say help. Help's always pointed at yourself, even if it's help me understand or help me feel different because this is the way I feel. And, and, and it's just, it's literally miraculous. Mm -hmm. We need to learn to use that a lot more. And our last thought, and we could have many, many more, but we're just going to leave it here, is never give up on love because love will never give up on you. And his name is Jesus. And so during this season, can I encourage you to make breathtaking memories? to actually lock them in the vault of your heart. Um, on planet Earth, we've never known a time such as this, and I feel like we've said that a lot. We've used the language of in this season or a time such as this. Uh, we will talk about this decades from now of, of this season, and we'll talk about this, um, what was happening. But I wonder if what we could actually f put a frame around is like the memories we made the times that we took time for each other, the friendships we forged, the marriages we strengthened, the family memories that we had. Don't feel what's about, think so much about what's been taken from you, what has been given to you. Have those beautiful conversations with people, make those phone calls, create opportunities to lock in some memories that will carry you in the years ahead and will actually be a story that you can pass on for generations. And when you do that, you make your home this place where people want to be. Mm -hmm. And you know one of the keys to having people want to be there is to celebrate them. Yeah. Everybody goes to where they're celebrated. Yeah. One of the keys to having people come back to church is celebrate them or come back next week. Another key is is have fun. Yeah. Just laugh a lot. Make this a fun time. I heard someone say this. I should know who to give credit to, but the shortest distance between two friends is laughter. I love, because laughter forges something in your heart and you attribute that glorious feeling to the person that you shared it with. So laugh, off, laugh often and make a lot of memories. Um, decide that we're not gonna just slide through this and hopefully come through unscathed. No, live it to her, its fullest. Her goal is to laugh every day to the point of tears. I do. Almost every day. I did today already. <laughs> Uh, and then just add to that to the point of tears at John. Well, you just give me lots of opportunity. Lots of opportunity. We have fun. Yeah. Don't take life so seriously. Yeah. Enjoy the ride. It's, it's an amazing journey that we get to do together. And I think this is a great season that we get to make it great. It's There's maybe a lot of 
potential negatives, but there's so many potential positives. Yeah. And let's build great relationships. Remember God's in it with you. You're not doing this on your own. He's a very, very present help in the time of trouble. And he won't refuse one thing to give you that you have need of. So lean on them hard. And, and if you're gonna discover wonder in any way, let it start with the wonder of who he is. Can I pray for you? Yeah. Father, I thank you for Colonial Church, for Maddie and Jill, a beautiful family and beautiful church. God, I thank you for what you are doing right here, right now. God, I thank you that <laughs> you knew this season and that you are preparing us even now, for the future that is before us. We sure can't see everything right now. There seems to be a lot that we can't clearly see, but God, we know you can. And so God, would you take us from this place to where you would have us to go with, with faith and with hope, with dreams. God, I pray our relationships go from strength to strength that our friendships are, are forging, new ones are being made, God, that truly we would understand what it is to love our neighbor. And Father, I thank you for miracle stories on the other side of this moment in history. Thank you for the beautiful thing that is Colonial Church. Thank you for the gift that it is, not only to their state and to their nation, but to the world. We bless them today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We love you. We do. Can't wait to be with you. Have a great rest of the day.